Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. My gosh, hello. Welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. It is a week late. Um, ugh, I know it's not gone unnoticed. Most of you, not most of you, many of you, the gobbiest ones, have been in my DMs. Catherine, where's the podcast? To which I reply, fuck you, pay me. No, I mean, I feel bad. I know it's been two days late before, three days late, never a full week. I've never skipped a whole podcast. I have been up the wall, really busy and busy with stuff that I'm not able to do the podcast alongside. So you know the last few weeks, it's really been stacking up. You can tell because I'll be doing the podcast in a dressing room or on location and I try to fit it in. But I've been doing a lot of voiceover stuff where obviously I can't be having two conversations at once. I've been in a booth also, in addition to voiceover stuff, in a booth recording my audiobook for The Audacity. People have asked, is it your voice on The Audacity? Yeah. Of course, you know, we could not book David Attenborough to read my book. Would have been great, but no, it's just me telling you a lovely story. And I've loved being in the audiobook records. It takes not too long to read an entire book out loud. I mean, we scheduled in four days, and it looks like it's going to take three because luckily I can sight read with pretty good accuracy. And I'd forgotten a lot of what I'd put in the book. So, ugh. I mean, if I haven't told you already, let me remind you, there's some spicy things, some sad things, not like too sad. It's not like a misery memoir, but you know, some things in there where I went, oh, that was bad. And some never before told things that I panicked a little. I'm like, do you want this in the book? And then I'm imagining like, ugh, what's it going to be as a tabloid headline? Because that's what they love to do. They're not, there aren't really journalists anymore. They just, well, there are. But uh, for the most part, those types of news magazines, they just copy paste your Instagram or copy paste your book, twist it around a little bit. I was on the red carpet the other day for the NTAs, the National Television Awards, and I was up for none of those, but I was presenting the Comedy Award with my friend Tom Allen, who's an incredible comedian. Please see him on tour, or you can listen to his podcast the room of gifts i was on there uh or you can even buy his book it's called shame tom's just the best you know him from bake off and uh that bake off after show he's the best megan go away why of all the places in this massive house does the dog have to be she wants to be right next to me when i'm doing the podcast listen mate you can't breathe and you're snoring on the podcast i'm trying to make up for the bad quality of being in dressing rooms god's sake we're going down the red carpet. I had to bring my breast pumps with me to the NTAs, and you're not exactly able to carry a knapsack or extra luggage when you go to an award show. You have to bring just a small clutch and a little bit of money, maybe a Werther's original inside in your phone. That's all you have room for. Drugs, if you like drugs, I guess. I don't know. I've never taken drugs. You guys know that about me. <laughs> I don't know, actually. No, they wouldn't have had drugs at the NTAs because on the way in, they had sniffer dogs all around the car. And I love drug dogs. I'm so impressed by them. I'm always like, how the fuck are you like the same species as Megan, but you have a legitimate job that you don't get paid for? Someone else gets paid and you just have to work all day and find drugs. I don't know. 
I mean, he get the dogs get paid with, you know, a toy. Our good friend, Vince, Bobby and my good friend from high school, still Bobby's friend, and now, by extension, my friend, he works at the Canadian Border Patrol, and he has a drug dog. And it's the coolest thing ever. And he posts all these videos of the dog. I think the dog's called Bruce. He practices, and Vince like hides different drugs places and has to walk the dog along all the boxes, and the dog seems to love it. I guess dogs love a challenge. A dog with a job is a happy dog. I digress. So I have to bring my breast pumps to the red carpet. If you are breastfeeding, because I think a lot of non-breastfeeders don't know this. My husband again and again is like, I'll say I have to pump which means express milk. And he'll be like, oh no, we have plenty of milk. And I'm like, no, I have to express milk right now because my boobs are hurting and huge and milk is dripping down my body. And he says, oh yeah, I forgot. I'm so sorry. Yes. So it was our first night out together since Fred was born. And I mean, in retrospect, it was really fun, but we got to meet a lot of Love Islanders that was fun. We met Chloe. That's Chloe and Toby, the runners-up. The runners-up are always the real winners, if you ask me. And um, we've decided that it's it's the team-up that everyone needed. No one asked for it. Everyone needed. Clobby. No, not Clobby. Cloby. That's what they're called. Cobby. Yeah. Bobby and I have decided that we are Cobby. K-O-B-B-Y. They are Chloe. Cloby. Chloe and Toby. Toby. <laughs> and... Um, we want to team up with them. They're our favorite ones. They're really funny. So that was a thrill to meet them. We met some Gogglebox people. That was a thrill for my daughter. I'm the worst. I just go up to these celebs. I'm like, hi, will you make a video for my daughter that I can send her? But she was thrilled. Because of course, you know, everyone that I'm around is cool, but I'm not cool. Violet, if I'm around these people and we share the same company, we go to the same events and they, by the way, Violet, they like me. Amber Rose Gill, winner of Love Island before, she approached me and she said, I've got your book. And I said, what? And she said, I like your book. And I said, what? And if you're listening from abroad, that will not have made any sense to you. She said she has my book and she likes the book. Yes, if you're famous, you already have it. I'm sorry about that. I don't make the rules. But I think, I know a Newcastle accent, but I didn't hear her because... Number one, I was like, what? Why is Amber talking to me? I was starstruck. And secondly, I was dealing with my boobs. I had just been pumping in the ITV um, suite. And so I thought she had said boob or something. I've got your book. Boob. I don't know. So on the red carpet, I had to bring the breast pumps. If you don't pump your milk, um, and and I was going to be there for five or six hours minimum, then you're going to have an accident or you're going to be in a lot of pain. And I was wearing a vintage Dior dress that fit me when I left the house right after I had pumped the milk out, but would not have fit me later on in the night had I not continued to get rid of the milk. A lot of people are not sure whether they're supposed to pump and dump if they drink alcohol. The nanny that we had, this wonderful woman, Carol, um, we have her now one day a week. It's very exciting. She, well, not for me, kind of makes me sad. I love Carol, but it's no good. You want to look after your own baby, but then you also have to work. Pump and dump means you express the milk that you make while you're drinking alcohol, and then you throw it away. You don't keep it. This is like, I think the NHS advice, it's the old school advice. And I know this is spicy, and a lot of you are going to disagree with me in the emails. You know that I don't care. You don't have to pump and dump. You can drink a little bit of alcohol and you can express your milk and you can save it. Or if you're a breastfeeding parent, you can drink a little bit of alcohol and you can breastfeed your baby. It's not like all of a sudden poisonous. Let's say you're pregnant and you drink alcohol. Whatever your blood alcohol level is, then the baby's blood alcohol is that. And that's too high. So that's why they say don't drink alcohol when you're pregnant. But once the baby is living outside your body... Let's say you have a glass of wine that's 12%. That will raise your blood alcohol level to like what? I don't know, 0.01. I don't know. You know blood alcohol levels are low, 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 low. So that if you pump milk, the highest, the very highest that milk could be is like 0.001, whatever, like 200 times diluted. So are you going to, do you think you would get drunk off drinking milk that was 0.0001% alcohol? No, you wouldn't. Neither does the baby... 
you know, don't at me, basically. Pump and dump is actually a form of securities fraud that involves artificially inflating the price of an owned stock through false and misleading positive statements in order to sell the cheaply purchased stock at a higher price. Interesting. But we use it in terms of breastfeeding. So Google it if you're not sure. You'll find a lot of mixed advice. I just feel like you should drink and feed your baby your milk. Don't be drunk, though. That's ridiculous. First of all, being drunk is not cute. It's the tackiest thing at any time. But it's kind of dangerous, I think, to even have your baby with you if you're drunk. So don't be drunk. Back to the red carpet. Catherine, God. I had to bring the pumps. Didn't have anywhere for the pumps. Bobby and I are doing the carpet together. So there was a lovely gentleman, a liaison, who takes you to the red carpet. And I had my LV pumps. This is not an ad, but those are the the type of portable pumps that I use. I had those in this black baby milk bag filled with ice and filled with milk bags to put the milk in for storage later. And I didn't want to walk down the red carpet with that because Jen, Jennifer Mahalski Bray, my stylist, she would get me in trouble because a big black bag of milk does not go with a vintage Dior dress, Stephen Webster jewelry, Nicholas Kirkwood shoes. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just not a, not a look. So this poor, lovely gentleman, red carpet liaison, I gave it to him and I was like, excuse me, could you please carry this for a minute while we get these pictures? If you can't, it's no problem. I'll just hide it behind the photographers, I'll do something with it. I'll kick it down the carpet. I don't know, but I can't hold it for the photo. And he's like, yeah, of course I'll hold it. I'm like walking with you anyway. So he just held it. He had his clipboard in one hand and the milk in the other. And then other moms like know what it is. They're like, oh, wait a minute. Is that breast pumps in a bag of breast milk? I was like, yeah. They're like, do you have a breast milk liaison? Like a breast pump milk concierge? And that's what he was. He just like inching down the red carpet holding my milk. I felt so bad. So eventually I was like, do you know what? Just please don't. Please give it back. And I'll just like hide it behind my back or something. You can't be carrying my milk. I've not reached a place of divahood where I can have like a professional gentleman just walking behind me carrying my milk. No, I can't do that. Well, I did it. I did it, but not for very long. I readjusted. Also, I went to the doctor this week and just because I need to get a smear. You need to get a smear. I need to get a smear. The real pandemic of our generation and our demographic is breast cancer, cervical cancer. Go get a smear. Um, I go to a private doctor. And by the way, I don't know why. Like, I do know why, because I don't like to wait and... I think the NHS is overburdened, and I know this is not how it works. People are like, no, no, don't go into private care. You want everyone to be using the NHS so that the NHS is built up to be as good as it can be. But I don't know about that. I just take myself out of the queue. Every private doctor has to do days with the NHS as well, so it's all the same doctors. But they just, I don't know, they get paid more money if they're doing private. I don't have insurance. I just pay cash, basically. So I get the smear. And I had some blood work done. If you're ever feeling like, oh, I don't like the NHS, blah, 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 945 pounds. Okay? Just for perspective. I'm always shocked by that. I was like, really? Ugh. But he looked inside my vagina and he put a little speculum in. And I love how they're always like, oh, I'm sorry, this might be uncomfortable. I was like, bitch, I'm 38. Come on. Like, just throw it in. And so he did, and he looks in, and he was like, oh, I don't think you have HPV anymore, because you guys might not know this, maybe you do, I've talked about it before, I caught HPV, three strains of it, which most people have HPV, like 80% of people do, but I didn't at all until I was 35. But um, I have two of the strains that I have are the ones that could lead to abnormal cervical cells and cervical cancer. So if that went unchecked and for whatever reason it flared up and became a problem, then, you know, I might have those cells lasered off or whatever. So I get smears all the time. Um, And he, but HPV equally can kind of like burn itself out and then your body's immune to the virus. But if you get really run down, it can flare up again. I don't know. You can research HPV in your own time. It's not a huge deal if you have HPV, basically. You can't see it or anything. Not the kind I have anyway. But um, on your cervix, it kind of looks like a little faint speckly white if you have abnormal cells, but I didn't have any of that anyway. Ideally, your cervix should look like a lovely, like pink, 
teeny tiny like mini donut just so you know so he looks at my cervix and he goes oh you're breastfeeding exclusively i was like yeah very exclusively just one small baby and he's like no i can tell you're breastfeeding i was like okay how and he's like just your cervix is very closed and very dry i was like yeah i don't fancy you He's like, well, I can prescribe you like a lubricant for that if it makes sex. So I was like, Jesus Christ, like women's health. You have to just not be embarrassed by anything because all of it can be pretty cringe at times, but you have to go. You have to lay in that bed chair, whatever you want to call it, recline and just take whatever they say to you because gynecologists have a good sense of humor usually. And no, sex is not uncomfortable for me, doctor. Um, Breastfeeding, I think depletes your estrogen so when you're pregnant you don't produce milk because you have a lot of estrogen but then after the baby's born your estrogen drops and your prolactin raises up really really high and that's what releases the milk and my prolactin is high as f at the minute i was struggling to feed fred for a couple of weeks in there i was like ugh, my milk supply went low it was really emotionally difficult for me I know that formula is fine, and we did give Fred a bottle of formula here and there, but I wanted to be able to produce the most milk that I could. I know that a lot of parents feel the same way, um, and it's frustrating when you can't, and breastfeeding is a bitch. Like, it hurts, and you have to bring pumps places, and I had milk blisters sometimes on my nips. It's tough, and then on top of all of that, some days you're too hot or you're stressed and you can't produce enough milk, and the baby's flipping out, but what i don't know nothing really has changed it's just i guess my body has adjusted now and i produce tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of milk so hang in there if exclusive breastfeeding and expressing is what you want to do hang in there you can do this thing called power pumping where you pump like every hour and it teaches your body like oh my god we need more milk that eventually worked i don't know and Fred is humongous. He's in nine-month clothing, and he's 12 weeks old. He will be, oh, Fred. Fred will be a month old. What day is it today? In two days. Oh, God, it's September 11th. <sighs> Never forget. September 11th, it's 20 years since the World Trade Centers and different parts of America were um, attacked. And it's also one year since The Duchess was released on Netflix. I don't know why they chose September 11th. It's a dark day. But there you go. There you go. All right. My tour dates, some of them have been postponed. And I'm sorry that venues didn't tell people in the most timely fashion. Some venues did, some venues didn't. I've been trying to make announcements on social media, but not everybody follows me on social media. Equally, not everybody's going to see every social media post that I make. But... There you go. All the September dates were moved to October or later. If you have a ticket for a UK date, I am definitely starting in October. That's going ahead as far as I fucking know. God willing, I'm so sick of COVID. Um, The Ireland date has been bumped one month forward to November. That's the one at the Olympia Theater in Dublin. That's because of COVID. They, They don't allow full capacity in theaters in Ireland until November. And if you had a ticket to any of the European dates, Paris, Amsterdam, um, Copenhagen, wherever, those have all been moved too because of travel restrictions and COVID and everything else. Um, the reason some UK dates were postponed in no in a September was because I've been working on so many productions all summer. And as you know, we have to stay safe. A production is the safest place ever. They test you sometimes twice a day, twice a day. Who is making money from these tests? Whoever they are, they are loving it. But um, uh, if someone has COVID on the production, it's get, it gets moved. <clears throat> if someone has COVID on a gig, the gig gets moved. Megan, go away from me with your snorting. Please. Anywhere else in the kitchen, Megan. Go. Psst, psst. Please go. Oh, she won't. Um, so people on productions had COVID like three separate times. And then you have to make up those dates. So we would move the filming forward and film it the next week well then the thing that i had in that week would get moved to the next week and the thing that i you know you understand how the domino effect goes all right one of the people who had covid was me it was me and bobby had it as well we had the vid and it's funny like 
first of all, being double vaccinated does not protect you from COVID. You will get it still. It might lower your chances of catching it and it lowers your chances of being dead. And who doesn't want a lower chance of being dead? And it keeps you out of the hospital, allegedly. I, how do they know that? Because I think the people in hospital are not mostly double vaccinated for the most part. I'm not getting into the numbers. I don't care. Don't send me any data. There's loads of conflicting data and data is manipulated in funny ways. I'm not interested in looking at it. All I'm interested in is telling you that I have the vid. I got it in a weird way though. So every day of my career, I have to fill out a paper that says, do you have a new continuous cough? No. Do you have a fever? No. Do you have a loss of taste and smell? No. Do you have whatever? No, no, no. Headaches? No, 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 no. Every day. And then every day I have to be tested, usually in the morning, usually again in the afternoon, every day. Everyone's so, 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 so safe. And then if someone else has the vid, the production completely shuts down and I'm away from them and we distance and wear masks when we're not on camera, all these things. So I have no idea how someone like me with that fastidious control of health and safety would even get it. Maybe I touched a door handle, maybe a delivery driver gave me a package that I just, you know, you can't start to speculate about these things. What I've learned is, I don't know, I think we might as well go back to work and live our lives because there's nowhere safer than the places that I've been. And I don't have a social life. Yes, I went to the NTA's super spreader event the other night, but everyone even had to be tested to go to that. And I already had it. So it was cool. But when I caught the vid, I felt fine. So I'm filling out those forms. Yes, yes, yes. I feel good. No, no, no. I don't have a fever or cough, but I felt really tired. It's difficult to say you uh, think you might have COVID though. If you're just tired, I also had a newborn and I'm breastfeeding a liter of milk a day in my dressing room. So like, how do I know? I felt really tired. That's not unusual. And I'm from the generation kids that if you feel tired or if you feel a bit off, like, fuck you, you go to work. That's how we were raised. Oh, you feel sick? Fuck you. Um, I used to waitress very sick. I used to do loads of gigs with infectious diseases, including HPV and not limited to HPV. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. You'd go anywhere you want with a fever. You know, people would congratulate you. You'd be throwing up on the way to work. You'd be like, oh, thank you for coming in to this daycare. Please take your position on the floor and finish your fucking shift and don't complain. That's how I grew up. So it was really weird now that all of a sudden people care if you're sick. Um, I wasn't sick though. I felt fine. I'm doing my job as normal. And in the morning I tested negative one day. And then in the afternoon, all of a sudden the COVID police surround me. They're like, you need to leave. You tested positive this afternoon. I was like, well, that's a mistake. They're like, no, it's not a mistake. These are not you know, lateral flow tests. There are hardly any false positives. These are intense tests. We need to test you again. And mostly we need to just get you out of here. So I was like, oh my God. And I didn't want to tell anybody that I had the, well, I had to tell obviously everybody that I had the vid that I came in contact with, which was hardly anyone. But I didn't want to say it on the podcast or I don't know, say it officially because you're like marked with a scarlet letter. You're unclean, you know? Oh, she has the vid. Well, I don't know how I got it. Someone gave it to me. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't break any rules. I've been mouthy about parts of the organizing of the vaccine rollout, sure. But I'm super safe and I do everything I'm supposed to. I'm very, um, what's it called? Obedient. I'm very compliant. But anyway... God struck me down with the vid. So I get home and all of a sudden I got 10 days off. This is pretty sweet. And I felt guilty though, because obviously I want to perform the best that I can. I don't want to make productions get shut down. I don't want to disappoint anybody. I don't want any of my tour dates moved. I'm thinking of all these things. Everyone that I've inconvenienced by like what? Touching a door handle? I don't know. And then Bobby, a few days later, we felt fine, by the way. Bobby tested positive too. And we're like, hmm, Okay. And then a few days later, we could taste food. Everything's going great, but we're tired. And looking after a newborn and, to a lesser extent, a 12-year-old while you're tired is very difficult. So we were a bit snippy with each other. Sure, I felt really run down. And then I kind of felt a bit sweaty and nauseous. 
And uh, one evening, Bobby was like, I think the white noise on your phone is too loud for Fred. And I was like, put him to bed your fucking self then. And I like left my bedroom. That was uncharacteristic. Looking back, I was just exhausted. I had the vid. And then Bobby in the morning one day says to me, oh, I can't smell anything. And I'm his wife. Of course, I'm very supportive. So I said, of course you can smell, you idiot. He said, no, I can't. And I was like, well, we can taste, we can smell, everything's fine. I'll find something in the house for you to smell. And I went around the, the house, I almost said flat. <laughs> Those were the days. I went around the sprawling manor and I found a bunch of different things, shampoo bottles and perfumes and creams and lotions and potions in my bedroom area for him to smell. And I was smelling them myself and I couldn't smell them. And I was like, oh, well, maybe these just aren't as smelly as I thought. I keep looking. I'm in denial. I'm like, I'm going to find something that smells, something for him to smell. Nope, nothing smells of anything. So I know he's got these essential oils in his side drawer for this diffuser that we had. So I open it up and I'm smelling the eucalyptus. Nothing. I smell the peppermint. Nothing. I smell the lavender. Nothing. (sighs) What? The lemongrass? Nothing. The spicy orange nothing and that's when i knew i was like oh my gosh we have the vid and we can't smell and we still can't smell and this was quite a while ago now and we still can't smell it was like a month ago over a month ago i don't know and it's so demoralizing yes we can taste and i'm very grateful for that and we ended up getting sicker not too sick though i mean it wasn't bad for us thankfully not great you know i don't recommend it but it was fine But uh, we have a newborn, and we can't smell him. And then everyone goes, oh, well, good. At least you can't smell his nappies. Again, no. He's breastfed, so his nappies didn't even smell in the first place. His nappies just smelled, I guess, like sweet, normal, nothing. They don't stink. And now we cannot smell an effing thing, and I just want to smell his sweet little head. (laughs) Over it. Over it. On the subject of Fred, before we go to adverts and before which are still loud by the way I don't know why so when the adverts come just turn them down slightly and listen to them because they're great and I record most of them myself because they are things and products and experiences that I love but a bit louder than my own quiet voice in my kitchen um Uh, On the subject of Fred, we have every possible privilege in life. We have every resource available to us. Bobby and I are uh, united and we're happy and we're old, so we're very calm and we have financial resources if we wanted help and we have Violet, we have everything. I have experience already with a baby. We have everything Um, that it takes to provide a safe and happy environment for a baby. He was so wanted after two miscarriages. Still, he's difficult to look after. He's not that difficult, but he's so vulnerable that to keep him completely happy all day long takes all of our effort. Because you never want him to cry. I don't want him to cry even for a second of the day. I want him to be clean and happy and engaged and joyful 24 hours a day and I put my back into it you know I make sure that that is the case we uh, have read and seen a lot about this new Texas abortion ban I mean I say new abortion laws and women's health and women's rights have been very changeable and fluid since the beginning of time and I think they still will be it's absolutely wild to me that now the Supreme Court has allowed a bill to pass in Texas where abortions are banned after six weeks. If you haven't seen this, this is the deal. No abortions in Texas after six weeks. In addition to that, if you snitch on someone going to a different state to have an abortion, you get 10 grand as a reward. And we live in this culture of like snitchery now, exposing people, reporting people, like calling the police on your neighbors. It's really fucked up. But now you're also supposed to snitch on, oh, because that's never going to be misused, this like 10 grand abortion snitch program. I am very pro-abortion. I'm not even pro-choice. I'm like very, very pro-abortion. If you are in a position where you are pregnant and you don't want to be, I think it is wholly your choice to stop that situation because I know how much having a baby changes the course of your life. 
um, cements you to that child's other parent. That person could be abusive. That person could just be someone you don't want in your life. That person could be toxic. That person could be your brother. It doesn't matter, but you were cemented to them in some way. And you are the one, the one who is responsible for this baby. Maybe someone else will help you. Maybe you have a support system, but maybe not. If not, the state won't help you. Where you live won't help you. There's no funding really that you can guarantee you will get that will help you have the resources that you need to keep this human baby in the world once it actually comes to life safe, happy, fed. For that reason, I think it should be entirely your choice. And it's so difficult to keep a baby happy. A fetus, an embryo, isn't a baby. It's a potential future baby. Anyone who's had a miscarriage will know this, that that's not considered a human being in the early stages. If it was, then you would surely be entitled to time for a funeral, time off work, grieving time when you have any miscarriage because that baby is essentially a human being and it's not like, oh, oh well, you had a miscarriage, can't help you with that. Like, Is Texas going to raise their death rates then? Is Texas going to choose to count every miscarriage as a death in the state? Oh no, no, if it's God's will, then fuck you. Are you going to put any more research into why women have marriages? No, 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 no. Fuck you still. Oh, okay. Are you going to put um, funding with all these 10 grand snitching rewards? Obviously you have money. Are you going to take some of that money and put it towards women health, women's health, investigating other parts of women's health that Planned Parenthood look after, like endometriosis and diagnosing PCOS and maybe doing research into... Um, pregnancy and vaccines and maybe breast cancer? Are you going to put that money towards sexual health education and maybe towards developing male birth control pills and maybe towards finding out why the pill that some women take doesn't agree with them and the coil doesn't agree with them and trying to support them in that way? No, 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 no. We're not doing any of that because that would involve us doing something. That takes funds, that takes energy, that takes attention. We're not doing any of that because fuck these women. We are advocating for fetuses. You might have seen before that fetuses are the easiest demographic to advocate for because they have no needs. They don't need your money. They don't have a voice. They can't tell you, oh, you're advocating for me in a good way or a bad way. They can't do any of that. If they are not wholly supported and wanted and loved and they potentially turn into a future baby in the world, you, by enforcing pregnancy upon these women who don't want to be pregnant, you are potentially forcing also this baby into a life of suffering. And that's what makes me sad. A life of mistreatment or abuse or starvation or worse. The only babies born in this world, because we don't suffer from an underpopulation problem, the only babies born should be the ones who are wanted, desperately wanted, because that's the only way they have a chance of living a life that is suffering free, you know? You can be young and be a great mom. You can be poor and you can be a great mom. You can have mental health issues and be a wonderful mom. You can have other health issues or be disabled to be a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful parent. But if you are forced to carry a baby and you don't want to be a parent, that baby and you know it, that baby is more likely to experience suffering in its life. And then you might say, oh, well, that's the baby deserves to be born and placed for adoption. Well, you know, that's not happening in most cases. In most cases, that's not happening. And this abortion ban affects vulnerable women much more than it affects, well, like everything, like everything in government, rich, you know, or wealthy women with a support system will find a way out. And it's the vulnerable ones who will be left behind, who can't travel to a different state or who don't have a support system to help them. 
And it's not about punishing or not punishing women. It is about you put everything you have into keeping a wanted baby happy. And he's still going to cry sometimes. and going to be sad sometimes and get like dried milk in his little neck fold sometimes. It genuinely keeps me up at night to think about the life, the quality of life of a baby who they're, you know, someone was forced to have. Okay. I'm sorry if that is upsetting to anyone. That's how I feel about it. Now let's take a sharp right turn. When we return from these wonderful messages, I'm going to be seeing if anyone over the last two weeks, you had two weeks to register your interest in dating Fiona. Hopefully I have some emails from eligible bachelors or, you know, women who are friends of eligible bachelors. And, um, I'll get to the rest of your letters as well. I have missed you. Thank you for giving me a week off and for coming back to telling everybody everything. I'll see you in a minute. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, this is the email that I was looking for. Catherine, man for Fiona. I love your shows. Thanks for making me smile and making me realize how much I wanted to try living alone and being single. Thus, it is that I have asked my husband for a trial, ooh, separation, and I'm moving into my own space for the first time in my life next week. Can't wait. Wow. Ooh, I thought you were single already and I made you feel, you know, empowered for that choice, but you had a husband. And I made you want to be single. Shit. Well, I think he and you made you want to be single, you know? Like your incompatibility, perhaps? Or maybe this break will be a time that you decide you really miss each other and you can work it out. I think anyone can work it out if you have respect for each other and you are good communicators. I think usually you can work that out. And you still need to kind of fancy each other to some extent. I think, but uh, if it doesn't work out, I'm really sorry because every breakup's painful, even the breakups that you really wanted to have. Enjoy your separation. How is this about Fiona? Aha, Catherine, this does mean there's a new and single man on the block and I think he should definitely date Fiona. Are you trying to pawn off your husband on Fiona? My, his name is, okay, I'm not going to say someone. And you've actually met him because you did the comedy at a corporate event he had to go to in a previous job. And even though I'm sure you remember in every single detail, every estate agent you're ever professionally obliged to pose for a selfie with, I'm attaching a photo for easy reference. He's good looking, funny, and charming. So much that I did all of his laundry and picked up, to, picked up after him without ever really minding for 15 years. And just because we've grown apart and I'm done with the marriage thing, it doesn't mean he isn't a wonderful man. Bitch, it does mean he isn't a wonderful man. Did you just not say to me in the same sentence that you did all of his laundry and you picked up after him for 15 years, you better be trying to set Fiona up with your 15 year old son. Because if this is a fully grown husband, a state agent that you describe, it's bullshit. And he is not a catch for Fiona. And Fiona is looking to be cherished. She's not looking to be someone's maid. And you don't want this man because no one wants this man. I'm sorry, man, if I have met you at a corporate event and we took a selfie together. But you need to fix up. 
because there's no partner in the world who's going to put up with this for another 15 years. It's ridiculous. Oh, you know, my, what do you think Fiona is a garbage disposal? A fucking green bin for your messy husband? <laughs> Listen, look, I love the sentiment. Why don't I set Fiona up with my own exes? Because they're trash. Oh, you have two boys, both delightful. Well, not for long, baby girl. Not for long are these boys going to be delightful because they, their entire lives, have watched a deeply unequal household where their mother acts like the mother of their dad. So thanks a lot. So now you have two boys who are being unleashed into the world in the next 10 years, and they are going to undoubtedly have partners who they expect to cook for them, clean for them, pick up after them and do all their laundry. No, no. Forget about Fiona. Fiona is now out of this email. I'm going to turn down this man on her behalf. I don't care if he's hot or not. Um, you, um, you've done the right thing with this trial separation. Either your husband learns how to be self-sufficient and support you as an equal member of your household, uh, if not for your marriage, then for the sake of your son's or you need to really turn things around and give your son's chores now, right now, and and sit them down and be like, do you know, daddy and I aren't living together anymore. We really love each other. You know, I think he's really hot. Tried to set him up with Fiona. That was a bust. But um, one of the reasons I think why we're not living together anymore is because I would like to live with another adult who respects me enough to make me feel supported and who doesn't, because that's what it is when you're doing someone else's laundry, unless that's the arrangement and you are their actual maid and you're being remunerated. It's, um, it's a real sign of disrespect and of like, oh, my time is more valuable than yours. So tell your sons, you know, I, I would appreciate as you two get older, we all respect each other in this house, don't we, boys? So we are all going to pitch in. And on Tuesday nights, Theo, you empty the dishwasher. And on Wednesday nights, uh, Jakob, I don't know your kids' names, you're going to do the hoovering. Oh, my God, girl. Girl. And then she writes, he definitely likes hot blondes. I know, because I've checked his internet history. So if you're still seeking a date for Fiona, get in touch. If not, keep doing what you're doing. Sure, yeah, yeah. Here's another from an Irish sounding man. Catherine, can I throw my hat in the ring to date Fiona? I'm from Cork. I knew it. And I think that might make me enough of a catch. Could you put in a good word about the Cork accent? Also, I get my eyebrows waxed and threaded regularly. I forgot to add him 26. No, no. Congratulations on the eyebrows. Love that you're Irish. Love that for you. Fiona, I don't think she can do it. I don't think I, don't think I could date a 26-year-old. I definitely know Fiona's not interested. Why do you? Huh. Okay, I have some follow-up questions for you. Why do you want to date a woman in her 40s? It's a very open-ended question. Tell me why that doesn't put you off at all and what you hope to gain from it, please, if you don't mind writing me back. And why do you think that you would be an asset to someone like Fiona? I've read about the eyebrows. I'm impressed. But um, tell me that because Fiona's no Scott Disick and she's not looking to date someone almost 20 years younger than she is. I don't think. Please answer me those questions and we'll, we'll maybe talk again. And I'm only giving you this lifeline because you're Irish. Thank you for your letter. I can't handle any more Fiona letters. These were two very, very questionable. One wildly disappointing and then one I'm not so sure. If you are... Uh, worthy of dating Fiona, if you are in a similar age bracket of dating Fiona, if you don't have dodgy internet search history, and I don't want any wives putting their exes up like Fiona is Battersea home for twisted men, a curator of the broken men's museum. No, I'm looking for good men. There are good men out there. I found Bobby. I meet good men all the time. I'm not giving up hope. Please email me, telling everybody everything at gmail.com. If you'd like to see Fiona experience her voice, videos of her walking and moving around, go to my Instagram. I tag her in most things. She's on there. She's a beautiful makeup artist. Okay, next email. Men being dicks at work. Please help. Please. Oh, why you hooked them up with Fiona? Tell me where your office is. <laughs> Fiona and to, you know, sweep them up. They sound great. Catherine, 
I wanted to reach out to you to tell you this information. Picture this. I'm sat at work in a meeting expressing my ideas and I get turned down. However, I was the only one with a plan and booklet. One man, who I'll leave anonymous, went ahead and stole my idea. Although this time the manager decided he liked it, but only from the point of view of this man. What should I do next time if this happens? Because I lack the confidence and so I'm not one to speak up for myself. Well, you are going to have to get the confidence and speak up for yourself because I don't know exactly what men are, but I'll tell you what they're not is reliably clairvoyant. They can't read your mind. They don't know if you, if you let anyone male, female, non-binary, if you let anyone walk all over you, they will continue to do so. Why don't you have confidence at work? You have confidence in this email. You know that you have great ideas and that you show up prepared. Translate the confidence that you have about yourself into the confidence that you display to the world. I wouldn't want to take your ideas either if you weren't confident about them. If you were like, hi, sorry, um, really regret raising my hand just now. Sorry, sorry, I have a booklet. Sorry, here, look at it. It's a bit long. Um, sorry, it's not laminated. My idea is, uh-uh. no. My friend Roisin Connady often says comedy is about the sizzle, not the sausage. You, you see where I'm going with this? And a lot of our jokes Um, if someone else were to deliver them, they might not have the same impact. You need to deliver your ideas with conviction and practice maybe at home using a voice like the one that I'm using now from your deep in your chest and your lungs, not like this, like there'll be no Kardashian voice or quiet. Sorry. Hi. Sorry. Um, my idea. No, no. Command respect in that room. Don't take shit from anyone who steals your ideas. If you don't want to tell your boss, tell him. Walk up to him in the break room. Walk into the men's room. Grab him by the nutsack at the urinals and say, I'm not actually advocating that, and say, what the fuck? You know you stole my idea in that room. Don't do it again. Or you'll regret it. Threaten him. No, I don't know. You know what I mean. Like a mixture between the way that you are and the way that I am. And... Teach people how to treat you. Whoa, I know I said no more Fiona emails, but this one's caught my eye. Hold up, Catherine Ryan. How is it that Craig David, the nation's sweetheart, has not yet been wived? Maybe Fiona consider dating Craig David. I'm just listening to him on the Corrupt FM podcast, and he says he's not wived. I know you guys are all friends, so maybe there's a mingle to be made. Looking forward to your next podcast and your book. I love you. Bye. Does this mean he's unmarried or he's actually single? I mean, I don't really know if Fiona can keep up. Fiona works a lot, so I'm not really sure if she could go for a drink on Tuesday, make love on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and then chill only on a Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, you know, supposing she met Craig David on a Monday. Because we work most of those days during the week. And I'm not having Fiona and Craig David fucking in the toilets of my photo shoots. Um, It's just not going to work. She needs time for her son, time for her career. And dating Craig David is like a packed schedule of sex and drinking all week long. So they seem incompatible at first glance, but I will be willing to look into it because maybe he's relaxed in his older age. Craig David, if you are a fan of telling everybody everything, please get in touch. Email me telling everybody everything at gmail.com. In the meantime, of course, I'm going to have my people contact his people and see what, see what I can drum up because I haven't seen Craig David in a while, but yes, you are right. We could be connected. This is a great shout. I'm looking at Fred through the window. I've got him in the back garden in the buggy because I took him for a walk before I started this podcast. I like to trick him. I take him for a walk. He falls asleep. I wheel him through the house into the back, and then he just has a lovely nap out there with a little sunshade, getting some fresh air. But I mean, this is this nap is wrapping up quick. So let's see how many more emails I can get to. Catherine, I have a question about how to get over trust issues. I'm in a relationship now, and I do trust my partner. But because of past experiences and knowing that I've had the wool pulled over my eyes before, there's a tiny twinge of jealousy that I have to fight off anytime my partner wants to have a night out with the lads. 
I do try to fight it. I know it's irrational because he's completely trustworthy and has done absolutely nothing wrong other than just being a man. But I find myself watching the clock and sometimes checking if his friends have posted any Instagram stories of their night out. I'm 32 and self-aware enough to know that I don't like that at all in myself and they aren't healthy behaviors. So how do I just put that jealousy demon to bed once and for all, rather than have to spend a night with the damn demon every time my partner has a night out with his friends? Hmm. I don't think that what you're doing is terribly bad behavior. You know, um, unless it's causing you distress or stress or really impacting your own happiness, I think it's fine to ha- to have a little bit of jealousy and to be like, oh, I wonder if his friends have posted anything. You know, that's not psycho to check his friends' Instagrams. They're public Instagrams. Um, I'm trying to imagine if Bobby was out with his friends. I don't think the feeling would be jealousy, but if I was just at home and I had nothing to do, I mean, I might be curious about how his night was going. Like sometimes when Bobby's out, I check his find my friends just not to like, not in a way that I'm jealous or I'm like keeping up with him, but honestly, he's only ever in one place and that's the golf club. And I like to see what hole he's on. Um, I know, I know you're checking for the same reason. <laughs> I like to see what hole he's on because then I know if he's like on the back nine, he'll be home pretty soon. I know that if his little find my friends thing, if you don't have this, it's like a, you can always tell where your partner's phone is because you're like linked by a, a map on your phone. Let me check it now. And then if he's in the clubhouse, that's fine with me too. I just know he's having drinks, but his game is finished. And it just gives me an idea of when to expect him. And I don't have to text him and be like, oh, how long are you going to be? You know, people don't text back when they golf. And um, I don't want to bother him. Oh, look at him now. What hole is that? One, two, three. He's on like the, he's on the back nine. Yep, yep. About the 12th hole now. It's a tournament today. Uh, If you feel a little bit jealous, I think that's a nice feeling to have about your partner. It means you love him and you're excited and you're kind of like, ooh, he's desirable. I wonder where he is. It's very different from like turning up to where he is like with spy glasses or texting him or calling him or having some kind of jealous outburst. I think, I think your behavior is fine. I don't know how to get rid of the last little bit of jealousy. Some jealousy is healthy. And let me just check again what you're doing. You're checking the Instagram stories and you watch the clock sometimes. You're fine. You're fine. Don't be so hard on yourself. Ooh, here's one from a teen gal. Catherine, I'm in love with my best friend. Should I tell her? Catherine, I'm a girl in my late teens. Naturally, me and my friends talk about love and relationships quite a bit, my friends and I. The issue is I'm pretty sure I'm in love with my best friend and I have been for about a year which I am hesitant to tell her as I'm 99% sure the feelings are not reciprocated. It's tricky because I'm the first person she comes to talk to about who she likes romantically and I have to offer advice and comfort her when in reality all I can think about is being with her and it's quite crushing listening to her talk about other people in the way I want to talk with her. I know that if I was about to tell her how I felt, there would be a huge risk that our friendship would take a blow as I'm sure she'd feel uncomfortable knowing how much I like her. At the same time, I feel like I'm inadvertently ruining the friendship by not being honest with her. I can't confide in any of our friends either because she would find out some way or another. I know it seems rather trivial, but if you were in my position, would you tell them how you felt for honesty's sake or just hope it blows over soon, all the while watching them fall for someone else? By the way, she likes girls too, so that's not the issue. Okay. I mean, I when I was your age... I liked this guy called Joe and nothing ever happened, but he was my friend. It was so weird because we were always told when we were teenagers that boys were only interested in one thing, but that wasn't true. Boys were very interested in being my friends too, but I had crushes on them twice. Actually, I had a crush on this guy called Luke. He didn't like me that way. I had a crush on this guy called Joe. He didn't like me that way. And I was very young. Actually, I wasn't late teens. I was early teens. And I would talk on the phone, on the landline to these boys. And they would hang out with me. They would come to my house. Like, I don't really know what the hell was going on. Because why? I still question, like, why did they invest so much time in hanging out with me if they really didn't fancy me? I don't know. They just really didn't fancy me. And I think 
with Joe, I remember telling him how I felt one day on the phone. I was like, I fancy you, but in like Canadian language, I have feelings for you. I like you. And um, those feelings were not reciprocated. And it kind of did ruin the friendship a bit, threw a bit of a spanner in the works, even though he must have known I had feelings for him. I think when someone has feelings for you, you kind of know it. Um, I think your friend might already know that you have feelings for her. And maybe that's even part of why she talks to you about other relationships, because she isn't interested. And I think the reason you want to tell her is because you are hoping that she is interested. Um, Because that's why I told Joe. I was like, I think maybe he's interested. Like, nothing's happened. Nothing's happening. We're just friends. But I'm going to say something, and then maybe he'll be interested. He wasn't. I think you... We see in movies and stuff these grand gestures of like, now I'm telling you that I have feelings for you. But I think you tell someone that in different unspoken ways. You know what I mean? I think we we have to give a lot of credit to vibes. I think you've probably put some vibes out that you like her. And I think if she's not picking them up, then she really would rather you didn't come out and say, I have feelings for you, you know? Because uh, I think you you don't want other people to know. You don't want to ruin the friendship. I think as soon as you come out and say it, it can't be taken back. So hang around with each other. Be friends. Just respect her boundaries. If she has feelings for you, you can tell. You will be able to tell. And one night you'll be somewhere and you'll kiss or something or the, the writing will be on the wall that you both like each other and then you will say it. You'll be like, you know, I have considered, you know, what would it be like if we were together? Or you could say it in a casual way. Like, do you ever wonder what things would be like if we were together? Nah, me neither. You know, I just think it's the safest way when you're dealing with friends and crushes and really look for signs before you say anything because I think the signs are always there. And I really wish I hadn't told Joe that I liked him. I almost said his last name. It's Beauchamp. Um, because you know, he didn't like me, and then we weren't friends after that. I could have just kept it going and realized he didn't like me from the vibes he was giving, I guess. And if it happens, it happens. Like, what's meant for you won't pass you by. And if it doesn't happen, it wasn't meant to happen, you know? I think just push the brakes on it slow. I know what it is like to be a young person in love, but you have to give fate some credit. The podcast is over now. The podcast is over. I feel so badly for missing last week. It's just in addition to all the audiobook records and things and photo shoots and what have you, um, I had to sign 5,000 books and that just takes up every spare minute. And I would love to do the podcast while signing, but you would not believe how much noise Sharpie to page to slamming books is. It sounds just honestly loud. Um, I hope that I can never let you down this way again. Please keep writing me emails, telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Um, don't forget that in addition to the audacity book coming out September 30th, the audio book is coming out September 30th. That is like a podcast, but it's me reading the book and it is a great book. I'm sorry. I'm quite proud of it. People are going to like it because it's for the first time. I'm just being like very much myself. Uh, well, not for the first time. It's really like the podcast me is the book me, but I'm telling some stories that I've never been told and being quite vulnerable. Finally, nearly 40 years old. I'm ready to tell you about some of the things. Um, and I'm on tour soon. Please, please. At least I can't get COVID again during the tour. No one else anywhere get COVID. All right. That would be great. And then we can all go and live our healthy, best lives. I love you so much. See you soon. Oh, whoops, I lied. One last thing. Ready to Mingle on ITV2 and ITV Hub is so spicy. I hope you love it. If you miss an episode at 9 p.m. during the week, you can catch up because every Monday they drop all that week's episodes on the Hub. On the Hub, online, because that's how kids watch TV now. Ready to Mingle. It's where Sophia can win money if she picks a single guy, but if she picks a guy who's partnered up, he and his partner take the 50 grand and she's left with nothing. And it's just fireworks every single night. I hope you love it. I'll see you soon.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.